This is the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness video series 8B. 8B. What I decided to do was I took the video 8A, the smoking gun, and break it in two parts. The first part, many of you are familiar with, showing you the, the trust that was set up for the Watchtower Society where they're bringing in a lot of money through buying and selling stocks in various different uh, companies dealing with military, uh, dealing with pharmaceuticals, dealing with uh, uh, alcohol companies and various other things that was dealt with in video 8A of the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series. The second part of video 8A also is very powerful, but most people are so overwhelmed by the first part that by the time they get to the second part, they're just out of gas, they're just out of air. So I wanted to take the second part of the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness video 8A, The Smoking Gun, and make it into its own separate video. The Jehovah's Witness leadership has convinced their members that they were chosen by God and that only they were chosen by God to bring God's truth to the world. When I'm talking with Jehovah's Witnesses and I'm trying to reach them on the street, sometimes they really want to take a hard stand. They really want to just try to prove that they are you know, standing for their organization because they genuinely believe that the leadership of their group was chosen by God because they've never really stopped and thought about it. So one of the questions I would tend to ask them is this. I would say, what is the one thing, the one thing that if you found out that the leaders of your group had done this, you would know that they are not really God's organization on the earth as they claim. Now this causes a couple of things to happen with the Jehovah's Witness. Some of you are aware, some of the earlier videos I showed you the actual Watchtower publications, where the leadership of their group warns Jehovah's Witnesses that they are not to exercise independent thinking. They are not to have independent thinking. They're only allowed to think the way they're told to think by the leadership. That's why in their Watchtower, Wake magazines, and other books, they have the paragraphs above and they have the questions underneath at the bottom of the page. And you read the question and the answer to the question is in the paragraph above. That way you don't have to even think about it. When you read the question, you automatically think, look up into the Watchtower for your answer rather than looking into the scripture for your answer. I would ask them what is the one thing that if the leadership of your organization had done it you would know they're not who they claim to be and this causes them to start thinking about leaving. What would it take to make them leave? Many of them have never had that thought come in their mind because they've been so taught within their group never to leave that they can't leave. They claim there's nothing else out here. I want to let you know something before we start the video. If you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're on the edge and you're wanting to leave the group and you're concerned that there's nobody out here that cares about you because they've told you this world out here is evil, wicked, demonic, satanic, all this. Guys, there are so many people out here to care about you. There are so many people out here that's been praying for you, that's been wanting for you to come out of there. So many friends you can have, people you can talk to. We'll gladly talk to you if you just talk to us. I've spent nearly two years of my life putting together this Hidden from Jehovah's Witness video series for the express purpose of reaching Jehovah's Witnesses to get them to come out, to let them see that true Christianity is found in the text of the scriptures, the Holy Bible in the English language, that would be the King James Bible. You don't need any magazines or books or anything to explain the King James Bible to you. You just pick it up and let God speak to you. And if they can show me somewhere in my King James Bible where Jesus said, read some other book to understand his writings or to understand what he had to say, 
then I'll start to believe you're supposed to read something else. But from what I read in my King James Bible, the only thing the disciples went out and preached from was the scriptures. Jesus preached from the scriptures. That's it. That's all you needed. And today, that's still all you need. This video I'm going to be presenting to you in just a moment is this. Most Jehovah's Witnesses who are in the group have no clue about a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. A lot of the elders know because they receive private letters sent to them by the governing body. They have a private book, Shepherd the Flock of God. They're told not to show anybody, not to show their wives, not to show the congregation, can't leave it out in the open. The secret book that they have, I'm fully aware of that. There's a lot of others out there that's fully aware of that secret book as well. But there's something else that you need to know about as well. What if it's proven that the governing body is not speaking for Jehovah? What if they admit that they're not really speaking for Jehovah? You might say, where do they admit they're not really speaking for Jehovah? Where do they admit that they're not the only ones that speak for God? I'm going to show you the video. Most Jehovah's Witnesses are not aware that last year, 2015, in Australia, there was something called the Australian Royal Commission on Child Abuse. There has been so many child abuse, child sex scandals, uh, child sexual abuse, incest, all this stuff going on within the Watchtower around the world. Those of you who saw video number one of the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series, I presented to you news article after news article after news article after video after video all over the world, America, England, Australia, all over the world where news reports were coming out about the sex scandal happening inside the Watchtower and how the Watchtower leadership from the governing body down have been covering it up. They didn't want it to come out into the public, and they're hiding it from their own members. Well, in Australia, after over a thousand unreported cases of child sexual abuse, the Australian government has had enough. They demanded that the governing body appear in court to answer for why they have not been reporting these cases to the authorities. There are seven men at this time that run the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society's religion called Jehovah's Witnesses. Six of the seven men didn't even bother to show up. The one man who did show didn't show up in person, but showed up via satellite because you can't put handcuffs on somebody if he's on TV. Also, the stuff that he had to say under oath in a court of law is going to surprise you if you're a Jehovah's Witness. What is the one thing that if you found out that the leadership of your religion had done this, you would know they're not who they claim to be? What if under oath, after putting his hand on the Bible and swearing to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Knowing that if you lie in court, you're going to jail if you're caught lying. He's going to be asked two questions. Number one, does the governing body consider themselves modern-day disciples of Jesus Christ? And number two... Does the governing body speak for Jehovah God? Now remember, he's going to be under oath. Now just so that you'll know, I'm not making any of this up, I'm not editing anything or anything like that. I'm going to present to you him being sworn in, all the preliminaries in between, so you see nothing's been cut, and then I'm going to take you right to the questions and play for you 
that second part of the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series, The Smoking Gun. This is going to be part 8B, where I'm just focusing on this court case. Most Jehovah's Witnesses have no clue that the governing body had to appear in court in Australia in 2015 to answer for this child sex scandal. You can fi find the entire case, by the way, on YouTube. I believe the, the channel is uh, Jake Control. You'll see it down here in the lower corner uh, in the video when it's playing. You can go to his channel, see the whole thing. Six members of the governing body didn't even bother to show up. The one that did show up, after the Royal Commission finished their report, acknowledged the one man who did show up, Jeffrey Jackson, didn't even care enough to listen to the testimonies of the Jehovah's Witnesses who had testified beforehand about what happened to them in the group. He didn't even care to even bother to listen to their testimony. And he's supposed to be the shepherd. He's supposed to be the, the faithful and discreet slave. And he didn't even care to even listen to the victims. And then he came up and did his own testimony, having not even bothered to hear what they had to say. And the things that he had to say is going to be very eye-opening to you, so I want you to hear it so you can hear firsthand. Under oath testimony, what he had to say dealing with the issue of who the governing body is, He's going to tell you his name, his position, the whole nine yards. They're going to get on the issue of does the governing body really represent Jehovah. They're going to cover the issue of shunning within the group. His testimony, and that's going to be very interesting. And the issue of corporal punishment, beating your kids, spanking your kids in the kingdom hall. And again, his answers on these issues are going to be very revealing. So I want you to have this. This is hidden from Jehovah's Witness video. 8B, and I'll see you guys at the end of the video. We can we can see you now. Can you see us? Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, yes, Mr. Stewart. Um, thank you, Your Honour. As um, Your Honour is aware, the witness this morning is Mr. Jeffrey Jackson. Uh, there is an appearance to be uh, noted on his behalf. Could I announce my appearance on behalf of Mr. Jackson, Bannon? Sorry. Um, Mr. Downs. Yes. yes, you have leave. Thank you. Mr. Jackson, you need to be sworn. You have yes, a, Your Honour. Do you have a Bible there? I certainly do. Would you take the Bible in your hand, please, and repeat after me? I swear by Almighty God. I swear by Almighty God. That the evidence I shall give in this Royal Commission that the evidence I shall give in this Royal Commission shall be the truth shall be the truth the whole truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and nothing but the truth yes thank you take a seat again please thank you yes Mr Stewart as your honour pleases uh, Mr Jackson will you state your full names and your work address please Yes, my name is Jeffrey William Jackson, and I work at 25 Columbia Heights, uh, but the mailing address is 124 Columbia Heights, Brooklyn, New York. Mr. Jackson, I understand you were born in Queensland, Australia in 1955, is that right? Uh, that is correct. And you were baptized as a Jehovah's Witness in Queensland in 1968? That is correct. Uh, 
and you left school at the age of 15 and commenced pioneering work for the Jehovah's Witnesses in Tasmania, is that right? Uh, that is correct. And thereafter you fulfilled various roles as translator and then branch committee member, first in Fiji and then in Samoa. Uh, if I could correct you, Mr. Stewart, please. Uh, first of all in Samoa and then in Fiji. Thank you. And as I understand it, in 2003 you were transferred to the translation services uh, in New York, is that right? Uh, yes, in the state of New York, but in the educational facility of Jehovah's Witnesses upstate in Patterson. And in September 2005, you were appointed as a member of the governing body of the Jehovah's Witnesses. That is correct. And as I understand it, you've served continuously in that capacity since then. Uh, that is correct as well. And on the governing body, I understand that you are a member of both the writing and the teaching committees, is that right? Uh, if I may be allowed to explain, each governing body member has a home committee uh, where his office is based. So in my case, uh, I work in the writing department under the writing uh, committee. Uh, but then also I have the role of a consultant uh, with the teaching committee as well as the personnel committee. But I do serve on the teaching and personnel committees. Yes, so as I understand it, you serve on the writing, teaching and personnel committees. Is that right? That is correct. All right, so now you've seen he's been sworn in. You see he's an official member of the governing body. His rank, he's been there over 10 years. He's one of the guys that makes all the rules for the group. As a member of the governing body and his whole position, all that's been spelled out, he's under oath now. For those who think that this whole issue of child molestation, child sexual abuse, rape, and all that that's been happening inside the organization, if you think it's all lies and deception put together by apostates, I want you to understand, first of all, I've never been a Jehovahness, therefore I can never be an apostate because I've never been a member of the group at all. But what you're going to see, he's under oath here. And the lawyer is going to ask, or the judge is going to ask him, straightforward, is there a problem with sexual child abuse in your organization? He's under oath. Let's hear his answer. Now, do you recognize, Mr. Jackson, and in asking this question, let me make it clear, I'm not suggesting it's peculiar to the Jehovah's Witness organization. There are many, many organizations in this position. But do you accept that the Jehovah's Witness organization has a problem with child abuse amongst its members? I accept that child abuse is a problem right throughout the community and it's something that we've had to deal with as well. And do you accept that it's presented, I withdraw that, do you accept that the manner in which your organization has dealt with allegations of child sexual abuse uh, has also presented problems? Uh, there have been changes in policies over the last 20 or 30 years where we've tried to address uh, some of those uh, uh, problem areas and by the fact that we've changed the policy would indicate that the original policies weren't perfect. And you accept, of course, that your organization, including people in 
positions of responsibility like elders are not immune from the problem of child sexual abuse? Uh, that appears to be the case. And do you expect, Mr. Jackson, that many of the efforts that are being made by different people and organizations to highlight the issue of child sexual abuse and try and find solutions are genuine efforts to improve the situation? I do accept that, and that's why I'm happy to testify. And that such efforts are not necessarily an attack on your organization or its system of beliefs? Uh, we understand that too. You described earlier in your testimony that the work of the this Royal Commission is beneficial. Do you accept then that the Royal Commission's efforts are genuine and well-intentioned? I certainly do. And that's why we came into the Royal Commission hoping that collectively something would come forward that would help us as well as everybody else. And would you disagree then with anyone who said that the efforts to highlight and deal with child sexual abuse in the Jehovah's Witness Church uh, is engaging in apostate lies? Uh, I guess that's a, a broad question because sometimes those who make these accusations make many other accusations as well. Uh, but let me assure you, uh, the person making the accusation is not the main thing. The main thing is, is there some basis to the accusation? And if there is some, some way that we can improve, the governing body is always interested in seeing how we can refine our policies. So you just heard it there officially from the governing body that indeed there is a child sexual abuse issue going on inside the Watchtower Society. He mentioned that the elders are part of it. And I'm sure if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're seeing this, you had no idea because they're not telling you which elders are involved in this. If you saw video number one of the Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series, you saw news article after news article from all over the world of this sexual abuse, rape, and child molestation going on all over the world. I recommend you check it out, Hidden from Jehovah's Witness video number one. It's free. Just look it up on YouTube and just be astonished, just like I was when I was doing the research and found all this stuff out. Okay? They're trying to keep this hidden from you. They're trying to keep this court case hidden from you. They didn't want you to know that governing body member had to appear in court over this whole sexual uh, child abuse issue thing. They want you to think that the Watchtower Society is this clean, wholesome, pure organization that is unlike any other religion. But in actuality, it's no different than any other religion except Christianity. It's light years different than Christianity because the Watchtower leaders don't want you reading the book. They don't want you reading the Bible. They want you reading their books and magazines instead. I'm going back to it. You know I'm going back to it. Those of you who have been following the series, for those of you who are Jehovah's Witnesses who might not agree with what I just said, that the Jehovah's Witness leaders don't want you reading the Bible, I want you to listen to what they said here. Watchtower, August 15, 1981. They said, From time to time there have arisen from among the ranks of Jehovah's people those who, like the original Satan, have adapted an independent fault-finding attitude. They say that it is sufficient to read the Bible exclusively either alone or in small groups at home. But strangely, through such Bible reading, they have reverted back to the apostate doctrines that commentary by Christendom's clergy were teaching a hundred years ago. They don't want you reading the Bible.
Because if you actually pick up a King James Bible and start reading it, you're going to begin to see that what they're teaching you is not true. And there's a lot of things they were teaching that's not true. That's part of why this series is being put together. So the issue of child molestation confirmed under oath by a member of the governing body. You may wonder, where are the other members of the governing body? How come they haven't showed up? How come they didn't show up for this hearing? Didn't they care about the flock? On your screen should be a news article from 9news.com over in Australia. You can type that in. Uh, that full address is at the bottom of the screen there to get this article. And you'll see that the uh, Jehovah's leaders didn't bother to show up. This one man, governing body member, showed up representing the others. The others didn't even bother to show up. Now, what this video is going to do is it's going to present to you who the governing body really is. Are they really God's organization on the earth or not? Under oath, some things are going to come out that they'll never tell you in your books and magazines. And you're going to hear it right here on this video series. Stay tuned. Okay, so he's one of the men at the top, representing all seven there in that courtroom. To their members, these men are without question. These men, you're not allowed to question them. You're not allowed to challenge them. They call themselves the governing body. They call themselves the faithful and discreet slave or the slave. And they put themselves in a position, as far as their members are concerned, where there is Jehovah at the top, and then right underneath him is this group of men, the governing body. So they have a really high position in the minds of Jehovah's Witnesses. And I want you to hear in a little bit what this man had to say, because what they're saying in their publications is a little bit different than what they're saying when they're under oath in a court of law. When they know if you lie in court and you're caught lying in court, you're going to jail, all of a sudden their story sort of changes around a little bit. So I'm going to let you check that. But really quick, I want to go through what the leadership have to say to their members concerning themselves and how they view themselves. Take a listen to this. Kingdom Ministry, September 2007, the U.S. edition, says, Thus the faithful and discreet slave does not endorse any literature, meetings, or websites that are not produced or organized under its oversight. In uh, Watchtower, June 15, 1957, it says, It is vital that we appreciate this fact and respond to the directions of the slave as we would to the voice of God, because it is his provision. So they're equating themselves with God's voice on the earth. And this one here, it says, In effect, Jesus also conveys Jehovah's voice to us as he directs the congregation through the faithful and discreet slave. We need to take this guidance and direction seriously for our everlasting life depends on our obedience. Watchtower, 2014, August 15th, uh, page 21. So this one here is from the Pay Attention to Yourself and Auto Flock, page 13. It says, Today Jehovah provides instructions by means of the faithful steward, page 13. So this gives you some idea as to how the leadership views themselves and presents themselves to their members. Here's a couple of more. Watchtower, October 1st, 1967. It says, make haste to identify the visible theocratic organization of God that represents his King, Jesus Christ. It is essential for life. Doing so, be complete in accepting its every aspect. Watchtower, October 1st, 1967. Watchtower, October 1st, 1967, again, we cannot claim to love God, yet deny his word and channel of communication. So they're saying if you deny the channel, 
you don't love God. Again, can you show me in my Bible where I'm supposed to channel God? I don't see it in my King James Bible, but they keep calling themselves a channel. This one here says, no matter where we may live on earth, God's work continues to serve as a light to our path and a lamp to our roadway as to our conduct and beliefs. But Jehovah God has also provided his visible organization, his faithful and discreet slave, made up of spirit-anointed ones to help Christians in all nations to understand and apply properly the Bible in their lives. Unless we're in touch with this channel of communication that God is using, we will not progress along the road of life no matter how much Bible reading we do. Again, we have the Watchtower Society attacking the Bible and putting their words above the Word of God. They want you instead reading their books and their magazines, and they want you to believe that by reading their books and their magazines, which has to go through their governing body before reaching them, they're told that by reading the books and magazines, they're actually studying the Bible, rather than picking up the Bible and reading it as studying the Bible. So their viewpoint is you can't get truth from God unless it comes through them, right? It's as clear as day in all these publications. Here's one more. This one here is the uh, 1983 bound volume of the Watchtower. 1983, January 15th. This is what they had to say in a section marked, believe it or not, as fight against independent thinking. That's right, the Watchtower, January 15th, 1983, page 27. It says, fight against independent thinking, and this is what they wrote here. As we study the Bible, we learn that Jehovah always guides his servants in an organized way. And just as in the first century there was only one true Christian organization, so today Jehovah is using only one organization. Yet there are some who point out that the organizations had to make adjustments before. And so they argue, this shows that we have to make up our own minds on what we, took, uh, what we believe. This is independent thinking. Why is it so dangerous? Such thinking is evidence of pride, and the Bible says pride before a crash and a haughty spirit before stumbling. If we get to thinking that we know better than the organization, we should ask ourselves, where do we learn Bible truth in the first place? Will we know the way of truth if it had not been for the guidance of the organization? Really? Can we get along without the direction of God's organization? No, we cannot. When we consider the mighty spirit forces that are fighting against us, we must acknowledge on our own that we cannot possibly win. Yet with God's backing and with the help and support of his organization, our worldwide association of brothers, we cannot lose. So the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses make it clear that to them, you don't question them. You don't challenge them. You don't think independently. You have to believe in them. You have to trust in them if you want salvation. They said here in the uh, page that I read here earlier that it's God's provision. Watchtower 1957, it's God's provision that you go in that particular route. They want you to believe this is what God wants you to do. Well, here's what I want you to check out. Under oath, this member of the governing body makes a very important statement. He's asked point blank, is the governing body God's representatives on the earth? And I want you to hear his answer. Now, does the governing body or do the members of the governing body um, 
do you see yourselves as modern-day disciples, the modern-day equivalent of Jesus' disciples? Uh, we certainly hope to follow Jesus and be his disciples. And do you see yourselves as Jehovah God's spokespeople on earth? Uh, that, I think, would seem to be quite presumptuous to, to say that uh, we are the only spokesperson that God is using. Uh, the, clear, the scriptures clearly show uh, that uh, someone can act in harmony with God's spirit in uh, giving comfort and help in the congregations. So now you're seeing firsthand who the governing body really is. In their books and magazines and articles and everything, they say that they are God's organization and nobody else. But when you get them under oath in a court of law, where they either tell the truth or you go to jail, then they admit, mm, well, we wouldn't be so presumptuous as to say we're the only ones. But isn't that what we just read from their articles? And that's just the tip of the iceberg of all the articles they've written about themselves, claiming that if you want to be in favor with Jehovah, you have to obey the governing body or the faithful and discreet slave. Now you find out in this video, they're not God's organization at all. They can't even come out and say it in the court of law under oath because they know if they say it, they're going to be caught lying. That would have been the perfect opportunity if they really was God's organization to say, indeed, we are God's organization. We've been God's organization since 1918. We've been preaching the truth. No, he couldn't do it because he knows had nothing to do with Jehovah. It had to do with their organization making lots of money and having power over a lot of people. Okay, before I show you this, it's important that I show you this article from, I believe it is Awake Magazine, January 8th, 1947. Some of you saw this in an earlier video that I did on this topic of shunning. In this article from the Watchtower Society, they spelled out that the Catholic Church was wrong for shunning members that leave the group and they said that this whole practice of shunning members who leave the group is a pagan practice this is the Watchtower Society 1947 telling you that if you shun a member who leaves the group you are participating in a pagan practice here's what it says second paragraph on the side of the page where then did this practice originate? The Encyclopedia Britannica says that papal excommunication is not without pagan influence, and its variations cannot be adequately explained unless account be taken of several non-Christian analogies of excommunication. The superstitious Greeks believed that when an excommunicated person dies, the devil enters the body, and therefore, in order to prevent it, the relatives of the deceased cut the body in pieces and boiled them in wine. Even the Druids had a method of expelling those who lost faith in their religious superstitions. It was therefore after Catholicism adopted its pagan practices, A.D. 325, that this new chapter in religious excommunication was written. Thereafter, as the pretension of hierarchy increased, the weapon of excommunication became the instrument by which the clergy attained a combination of ecclesiastical power and secular tyranny that finds no parallel in history. So they're telling you that shunning members who leave the group was adopted by the Catholic Church 
through pagan practices. It is a pagan practice. You have the Watchtower Society participating in this pagan practice. And what I want you to hear is this governing body member defending this pagan practice practiced by Jehovah's Witnesses. I also want you to notice bottom part of the left paragraph. The chapters that they use to prove that this is a pagan practice. It says, this is common law which the Roman Catholic hierarchy seeks to enforce on the pretext that it is God's law. The authority for excommunication, they claim, is based upon the teachings of Christ and the apostles as found in the following scriptures. Matthew 18, 15 through 19, 1 Corinthians 5, 3 through 5. When this governing body member is asked, do you have any biblical foundation for this teaching? Listen to him say 1 Corinthians 5. The very same verse that they use to prove that this doctrine is actually a pagan doctrine is the verse that he goes to to support this pagan doctrine of shunning members who leave the group. Take a listen to this. ...but as thought merely to, to become inactive or to fade, they then still subject to the organization's discipline and rules. Uh, if they acknowledge being one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And if they do the contrary, which is to say they're not one of Jehovah's Witnesses, the effect of that is disassociation. Uh, that's if they decide to go down that course. And if they don't actively disassociate, then they will be disfellowshipped as apostates. Uh, no, uh, an, apost no uh, an apostate is someone who actively uh, goes against uh, what the Bible teaches. Well, if the elders come on the door to a former member and they... And, or, sorry, to a, to a member who's been inactive and sought to fade away and says, well, are you uh, still a Jehovah's Witness or not? And the person says, well, I, no, I don't want to be a Jehovah's Witness. The consequence of that will be either disfellowshipping or disassociation, won't it? No, I don't agree with that. And not from what I've seen. Uh, like, can I just say this hypothetical situation, which is uh, probably a... Uh, one that could happen, two elders call at the door of someone, they're not going to come out and say, hello, I'm celebrating Christmas. Uh, it presupposes that Jehovah's Witnesses have some sort of spy network to monitor these people, which we don't. Uh, but if that person says, look, I was baptized as one of Jehovah's Witnesses, but I'm no longer active, uh, no doubt the elders will say, well, we would encourage you to return. You know, is there anything we can do to help you? Now, in that process of them returning, if they feel prompted uh, to say that they have been living a lifestyle that is contrary to what Jehovah's Witnesses would uh, live, uh, then certainly uh, we would handle that. Well, let's take that hypothesis where uh, this household... Uh, this household Uh, Mr. Jackson, can you hear me? I can, yes. Let's, Sorry, you, you started, I didn't hear a question. Yes, it uh, was echoing back at me, but it seems to have been resolved. Mr. Jackson, let's take that hypothesis of the two elders visit the household of someone who's been inactive for some time and seek to 
explore whether that person will come back to the active fold and encourage them to do so, in the process of which, in visiting that household, they find that that person is, in the eyes of the Jehovah's Witness, living in sin. That person would then be subject to the discipline of the organization, wouldn't they? Uh, in a case such as that, yes. And their only way to avoid that would be to disassociate. Uh, if they didn't want to go through the process, but uh, might I mention in your hypothetical situation, the person has indicated that they want to come back, and uh, many, many uh, people in that situation do want to come back. No, Mr. Jackson, my hypothetical had nothing to do with anyone wanting to come back. My hypothetical is premised on the basis that someone wants to leave. Uh, will not be involved, and I'm exploring the possibility which you put out there of them being able to just become inactive and not actually end up outside the organization or not end up disassociating. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? So I do. Sorry, I, was, uh, I misunderstood the fact that you said that they uh, were, they'd indicated they wanted to come back. I'm sorry. So the point we've, we've got to then is that, as I understand it, is that uh, a person who's become inactive and wishes merely to remain inactive uh, is still subject to the organization's rules and discipline, not so. Uh, you want to come back, but we don't, we don't run a police state where we go and try and force people to follow our, our, uh, our beliefs. Well, leaving that to one side, the point is if, for example, the elders visited and found the person to be living in sin in the eyes of the Jehovah's Witnesses, then uh, the elders would, following the process and procedures, uh, discipline that person under the rules of the organization, not so. Uh, yes, according, like in a situation where uh, it was found that someone who claimed to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses uh, was living in sin, uh, then the elders would try to ascertain, well, what needs to be done? We obviously want to help the person, so the first step would be to ascertain, uh, do they want to come back? Are they willing to uh, uh, change what they're doing? Uh, and if ultimately the person uh, is willing to talk to us, uh, then yes, uh, that would be involved with the judicial process. But if they're not, then either they must disassociate or they'll be disfellowshipped. Uh, that would be in, in that particular case, but I can think of many scenarios where it wouldn't be. And it's right, isn't it, that in the case of both disassociation and disfellowshipping, the remaining members of the Jehovah's Witnesses cannot associate with the disassociated or disfellowshipped person? Yes, that's according to the Bible principles, which I'm sure you've already read. And that it's even family members not living in the same household. Freedom from the organization on the one hand and friends, family and social network on the other. Uh, I thought I made it quite clear that I don't agree with that uh, supposition. Well, I uh, you see, are we talking about a gross sin that's been committed or someone who just wants to leave Jehovah's Witnesses? Let me, let me clarify it. If someone no longer wants to be an active Jehovah's Witness, and they're not uh, in the community viewed as a Jehovah's Witness, we do not have a so-called spiritual police force to go in and handle that. Mr. Jackson, the reality of the situation is, is that one 
a person who's been baptized a Jehovah's Witness is thereafter either in the organization or out of it. Is that not right? I think perhaps you've uh, got your facts a little wrong there. Well, I, I don't think that's correct because you've accepted already, Mr. Jackson, that a person in the situation you've postulated of merely becoming inactive is still subject to the rules of the organization. Uh, yes, but if I can mention, Mr. Stewart, your first uh, proposition you put forward, that they meet someone who's celebrating Christmas. Uh, yeah, this person is not associating with other Jehovah's Witnesses, not actively uh, trying to change other people and so on. Uh, a person su such as that is not going to be handled judicially, as far as I understand. They so, sorry, I have to disagree with you. Well, no, but Mr. Jackson, you disagree, you're disagreeing on the example of what they do wrong. And that's not my point. My point is they may do nothing wrong, but they're still subject to the rules of the organization in the event that at some point they do do something wrong. I will agree with that, yes. but I don't so, agree with the sweeping statement. They only have the two choices. Well, that was the point I was disagreeing with. Well, it's right then, isn't it? Because if they don't want to be subject to the discipline and rules of the organization, then they have to leave by actively dissociating. Isn't that the truth? Uh, that's if they definitely don't want to be, yes. But there are some that uh, do not want to make that active move. Well, the result then is, is they're faced with the choice between the freedom, of the freedom from the organization on the one hand and having to leave the, lose their family and friends and social network on the other. Uh, that's how you would like to put it, Mr. Stewart, but I thought I'm trying to say that there are those, some of whom I have heard of, that uh, just fade away and uh, they're, they're not actively Jehovah's Witnesses. And, Mr. Jackson, you, you've put it that they have a choice uh, to leave or not to leave. For someone who wants to leave, perhaps because they've suffered abuse by someone in the organization and don't feel that it's been treated properly or adequately, it's a very difficult choice, isn't it? Because they must choose. I agree with that. And it can, yes. be, it can be a very cruel choice for them, not so. I agree, it's a difficult choice. And it can be personally devastating because they can lose their whole social network and their families. Uh, that can be the case, yes. Would you accept then that putting people to that choice through this system of disassociating from them or shunning as it's sometimes referred to is contrary to the Jehovah's Witness belief in freedom of religious choice? Uh, no, I don't accept that. Uh, I think you're jumping to a conclusion there, but I understand that you have that opinion. Well, on what basis do you not accept that? Because right throughout uh, the arrangement with Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, people have to make choices based on their own freedom, free will. For example, uh, to be baptized. If someone walks up to us and says, I want to get baptized, we're not going to allow them to be baptized. They have to, first of all, understand the arrangement of Christian living. Uh, usually it takes uh, one or two years for them to go through uh, both the publications that we have uh, so that they personally can make that commitment. So that is a choice that they make. Now, we are not forcing them in any ways to remain in our organization. 
But a point to, to remember is that the ultimate uh, standard we believe in is the Bible, and we feel it's good for people to live by the Bible. The fact that many who have been disfellowshipped return of their own free will is an indication that they likewise still believe that it's a good lifestyle. Mr. Jack, you were baptized at age 13, am I right? I certainly was, yes. And there are, in fact, many Jehovah's Witnesses who are baptized at an age even younger than that? Uh, there have been some I have met that have been baptized younger. And do you consider that at that age someone is old enough and mature enough to make a decision affecting the rest of their lives? Uh, yes, I do in some cases. Obviously, uh, there are uh, some children that uh, wouldn't be able to make that decision. And perhaps some would have questioned whether I could make that decision at 13 years of age. But I've worked with people that have been baptized when they were 11, and they have stuck by that determination their whole life. Well, that may be because they can't leave the organization without leave, leaving behind everyone whom they know. Uh, anything is possible. Mm. You see, let's take someone who's baptized at, at a young age and then as lie elsewhere, and they want to choose some other system of belief. They're then still going to be faced with the stark choice that we've identified, aren't they? That's true. So on that basis, I suggest to you that that policy and practice of your organization is in conflict with the Jehovah's Witnesses' belief, as you've said it, it is in freedom of religious choice. And no, we don't see it that way, but you're entitled to your opinion. And I suggest also that it's in conflict with the idea of a loving and a compassionate God. Uh, certainly, uh, that wouldn't be in harmony with the Bible, what the Bible says, because at times uh, Jehovah disciplined his uh, uh, people by having them go into exile, come back. So uh, Jehovah is someone who believes in the ultimate overall benefit of good for persons, and some that, sometimes that includes uh, some form of uh, discipline. And do you accept that putting people to that choice <clears throat> makes your organization in many respects a captive organization? I do not accept that at all. Is there a scriptural basis to this policy of shunning? Yes. Thank you very much for the opportunity to express it. First uh, Corinthians is the scripture, and no doubt you've seen it already. But First um, Corinthians, that's on page 1530. Can you just identify and, uh, in this? First uh, Corinthians chapter 5, and uh, starting at verse 1, it speaks of a situation where there was sexual immorality in the congregation in Corinth. Sorry, Mr. Jackson, my, I'm really just asking, is there a scriptural basis, and you've identified what it is, because my next oh, question is, okay. is can it, can it change? In other words, is there a basis upon which you foresee that your organization might be able to change that policy? Uh, no. So now you've heard it. They acknowledge in this article, January 8th, 1947, that the doctrine of shunning members who leave the group is a pagan doctrine. It says here that it has no 
authority in the scriptures. Matter of fact, let me read it right here. But the hierarchy's excommunication as a punishment and medicinal remedy, Catholic Encyclopedia, finds no support in the scriptures. In fact, it is altogether foreign to Bible teachings. This doctrine of shunning members who leave. It's a pagan doctrine by their own admission. Yet, when he's asked, is there a chance you can change this doctrine? You know, this doctrine is destroying people's families. It's ruining people's lives. The whole nine yards. Is there a chance you can change this doctrine, this pagan doctrine that you guys are following? And he said, no. No. When you read this article, the last paragraph on this page 27 says, Thereafter, as the pretension of the hierarchy increased, the weapon of excommunication, which is disfellowshipping, the weapon of excommunication became the instrument by which the clergy attained a combination of ecclesiastical power and secular tyranny that finds no parallel in history until now. The Watchtower Society has now become parallel to the Roman Catholic system of shunning people who leave the group. And I'm going to tell you why they shun people, who, the real reason why they shun people who leave the group. They tell you to shun them because when they left, they left for a reason. And that reason might be good enough that if you heard about it, you'd leave too. I'm going to show you one more part and then we're going to end this video. The issue of corporal punishment, which is spanking or whipping your kids because they're not listening, not paying attention, whatever. The governing body member is going to be asked point blank about this issue. And you who are Jehovah's Witnesses are going to be left with the question, did this man just lie? I want you to hear him dance around the issue. And then you're going to see what actually happens and what he actually says. And if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're watching this and this man lied, if he lied, you're clear. You can leave. Because God's organization, first of all, there's no such thing as God's organization. There's God's word. But there's no such thing as God's organization. You're free to leave. They have no authority over you. They can disfellowship you all they want. They have no authority over you. Take a listen to what he says about this. And you tell yourself... You've been there in the kingdom hall. You've been there. You've seen what's happened. Did he lie or did he tell the truth? Take a listen. You've got the Bible there. If you go to, you go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Yes. Verse 4. There's a discussion of a man presiding over his household, having his children in subjection. Now, what does that mean? That's a very good question, Your Honour. Uh, biblically speaking, the word subjection infers respect uh, and a willingness co to comply with direction. Um, it does not... Uh, your, bi your Bible then provides a reference back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. That is correct which imposes the obligation on fathers to bring their children up in the discipline and admonition of Jehovah. What's the discipline of Jehovah? 
So, Your Honor, the original language word there, discipline, it indicates a process of teaching, educating, making a disciple. Well, from that reference in Ephesians, your Bible takes us back to Proverbs, to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Proverbs 13, 24, yes. And the exact quote is, whoever holds back his rod hates his son. What does that mean? Uh, so, Your Honour, you'll notice there's an asterisk there on the term rod, and you see the footnote? Yeah. Uh, discipline or punishment. Uh, so, in the application of this, uh, the, the term rod is used as uh, a symbol or a metaphor to indicate the authority to, uh, to give some punishment. For example, in a modern day setting, uh, my father could say to me, uh, I don't go to the movies because I had uh, broken some of the rules of the home. So it's not about inflicting corporal punishment then? It absolutely is not about inflicting corporal punishment. It would have been when first written, wouldn't it? Uh, how people applied it back then at that time, of course, is, uh, uh, is open to question. Well, what you're telling me, as I understand it, is that your religion, your church, is prepared to interpret the Bible having regard to contemporary social attitudes and standards. Is that right? Uh, obviously, Your Honour, we need to take that into consideration. But the primary responsibility we have is to think, what does Jehovah God mean by this? And uh, we look at other scriptures. Uh, one of the problems that many folk have when they read the Bible is they take one verse and they assume it means something out of context or not in reference to other scriptures. So for our understanding, uh, Jehovah has said that children should be raised in a loving environment. Jesus was raised in such an environment. Well, I've taken you to the way your own church constructs the biblical references, which, as we've noticed, takes us back to Proverbs. Correct? That is correct. But what you've given us is the understanding which your church now has about how that's to apply in contemporary society. Is that right? Um, that's a good question. Obviously, I can only speak about what we understand this to mean now, but I would argue the case that even back in ancient times, uh, God did not have in mind for children to be beaten up in a bad way. Does your church accept corporal punishment of children? Uh, our church accepts uh, the family arrangement and expects that uh, uh, parents have the responsibility to discipline and raise their children. That doesn't answer my question. Do you accept I corporal see. punishment? Uh, in our literature, I think you'll see time and time again, we've endeavoured to explain that here, discipline is referring to more a mental uh, point of view. I'm, I, I, regret, I regret punishment. to tell you, you're still not answering my oh, question. Sorry. Do you accept okay. corporal punishment? No. You don't? Not, not personally, no. And not as an organisation. We don't encourage it. But do you prohibit it? 
our literature has pointed out that the true way to discipline children is by educating them, not uh, giving corporal punishment. I can only, Your Honor, I can only tell you the spirit behind our writings. So there you have it. Under oath testimony showing you firsthand that the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses actually doesn't speak for Jehovah at all. And the fact that they're willing to lie under oath should tell you a lot. It should tell you a whole lot. Because if they're willing to take their hand and put their hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, and then lie? If they'll lie to God, lying to you is no problem. And what this whole video series has done is to show you that the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses have not been telling you the truth about a whole bunch of things. About who Jesus is, about how he died, about the end and Armageddon and all these other things. All the stuff that they're teaching you is just simply not true. And now you're seeing that the source of it all, the governing body, in your books and magazines, they'll tell you they're the only channel to God. They're the only ones God uses, according to their books and magazines. But when they're under oath in a court of law, where they think no Jehovah's Witness will ever see this, they acknowledge that they're not really who they claim to be. Because they know if they lie in court, they're going to jail. So you may ask, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? Where do I go? Well, here's what I want to let you know. Most people join the group like Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons or the Roman Catholic Church or Seventh-day Adventists. Or they, they join these groups because they think that these are Christian organizations. They want to become Christians. And they think that these groups are Christian. But they're not. They wear the facade, the exterior of being Christian. But when it comes to teaching what the Bible actually says... They're not interested in teaching what the Bible actually says. They have their own doctrines and teachings they want to present. That's why many of these religions write their own Bible version. The Catholic Church has their own Bible version. Why? Because the real Bible does not agree with their teachings, so they wrote their own. The Mormons have their own scriptures. Why? The real Bible does not agree with their teachings, so they wrote their own. The Jehovah's Witnesses have their own Bible. Why? They admitted originally they used to use the King James Bible. You saw that in one of the earlier videos. I showed you the Watchtower where they said they originally used to use the King James, but they stopped using the King James. Why? Because they had their own set of teachings they wanted to teach. They didn't want to teach the Bible. They wanted to teach Watchtower. Watchtower and Bible are not the same thing. That's why when they come and tell you they want to give you a free home Bible study, they come to your house instead with a whole bunch of other Watchtower books. And you're studying the books. And they confuse you to believe that studying the books is actually studying the Bible. No. Studying the Bible is actually studying the Bible. And as I said earlier, show me in the scripture where Jesus said study any other book to learn his words. And then I'll believe you. But he focused your attention on the scriptures. The apostles and the disciples focused your attention on studying the scriptures. And we have them here in our language, the King James Bible. If any of you have trouble understanding the King James Bible, it's written in fifth grade English. Most people don't know that. It's written in a very easy to understand language. But today it's made out to be like it's really hard. But even if you're having trouble with words like thee and thou and ye and you want to understand what it's about, there's a video that I put together called Answering the Critics of the King James Bible. 
In that I explain to these, the thou, the yeast, explains to you what those words mean and why you have to have those words in an English translation in order for it to be accurate because those words have meanings. Those things are never told to you by the people that are promoting the new so-called modern Bible versions. But those words are in there not because that's how they spoke back then, but they're in there because those words have a particular meaning. And when you take those words out, you destroy the meanings of the Bible verses. So it's worth watching that video answering the critics of the of the King James Bible. Now you may say, where do I go now? What do I do? Now that it's been proven that the Watchtower leadership is not telling the truth, what do I do? Where do I go? Because they're going to try to convince you there's nowhere to go. They're going to throw at you the verse where uh, his disciples, uh, Jesus said, well, will you leave also? And the disciples, well, where are we going to go? You're the ones that have the words of eternal life. And they're going to put themselves in the place of Jesus Christ and claim that they're the ones that have the words of eternal life. Where are you going to go? No. The words of eternal life are found in the scripture. And you don't need the watchtower to learn the words of life. You don't need the Mormon church to learn the words of life. You don't need the Catholic church, the Seventh-day Adventist church. You don't need any of those groups to learn the words of life. All you need to do is pick up a King James Bible and start reading it and believe what it says. That's it. You don't need somebody that's going to teach you. God will teach you through his own word. It's been given to us in our own language so that we can have it. And if some of the words might be hard, that's why this King James Bible says, study to show thyself approved. I find it interesting. All the new Bible versions change that verse so that it no longer says to study. They completely change that verse in the Bible. You need to come out of the watchtower. Get yourself a King James Bible. Now, some of you say, if I leave, though, I'm going to be shunned by my friends. I'm going to be shunned by my family. I'm going to be isolated. I anticipated that. Watch Hidden from Jehovah's Witness video 9A, 9B, and 9C. In those videos, I present to you messages on how to leave the watchtower and keep your family intact. How to leave the watchtower without getting disfellowshipped. And we're not just talking about fading. You have power in that group. They just don't tell you that you do. Son of Thunder, if you're out there, I took your disfellowshipping video, converted it to MP3, and listened to it on the job. And I got to tell you, brother, <laughs> way to go. Way to go, man. You left those elders in knots. They could not answer what you were throwing at them. And I applaud you. I tip my hat to you. There's only one, there's two regrets that I have. One regret is that I wasn't sitting next to you because I would have loved to have participated in this to help you tie these, these gentlemen up in knots. But my thing is not just wanting to tie them in knots. My issue is I want them to get saved. These men have authority over a lot of people. And if they actually came to Jesus Christ and had their sins forgiven and had their lives changed by Jesus Christ, they could influence their people and get them out of there and have them actually become Christians following Jesus Christ. But here's the thing, the second thing I regret. I regret that I didn't have video 9A, 9B, and 9C available for you. 
when you went in to do yours because you more than likely would have been able to get out of there having left the watchtower but not getting this fellowship where they're going to be shunning you and stuff because I'm going to let you know now when they send you out into the hallway and say uh, we need to discuss some things among themselves no the elders are going to discuss things usually that's the precursor that they're about to kick you out so one of the things I wish would have been done but you didn't know about it back then but that's okay if somebody else finds themselves in this position, when they bring you back into the room, just say, oh, by the way, brothers, before we go any further, there's something I need to say. And then tell them straight up. If you disfellowship me and cause the members of this religion to shun me because you can't answer my questions, I will sue this kingdom hall for millions and take all the information that you guys can't answer and I'll bring it out in the courtroom. So if you want to face me in court and have to answer these questions that you refuse to answer here in this meeting in a courtroom where everything is going to be put on the record, you want me to bring all this out in the courts? You go ahead and disfellowship me. If I'm walking down the street and I see a Jehovah's Witness and they shun me, I'm going to know that you disfellowship me and I'm suing this kingdom hall. And I guarantee you, the boys in New York, they're going to be hard pressed to want to get you guys out of it. And then say, I'm going to go step back in the hallway and let you guys think about this. You can let me walk out the door and go on with my life and not disfellowship me and nobody has to know the wiser and I keep my family intact. Or we can go to court and I'll take all these books and magazines and things and all this knowledge that I have and I'll bring it out in the courtroom and I will sue you guys and I will win. Because when you, if any of you saw that video of the Son of Thunder going up against these elders, he's hitting them with scriptures. He's hitting them with the Word of God. He's talking about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And all they can talk about is the organization, the policy the governing body, the faithful discreet slave, obeying the slave. Their mindset is these men in Brooklyn are from on high. No, Son of Thunder put them in their place. And I applaud them for that. Because hopefully those who are listening to that, and I recommend you check them out, Son of Thunder there on YouTube. Make sure you get the right Son of Thunder because there's a bunch of other Sons of Thunders up there, but there's only one real deal that I saw. Only one who secretly recorded his disfellowshipping. I want you to understand, they can't answer the questions. Most of them have no clue about the stuff in this Hidden from Jehovah's Witness series, and they don't want to be sued. But you have that authority to do that. You have every right to do it. Because if they're going to try to split up your family, you have every right to stand up for your family and your friends and say, Look, I am not going to allow you guys to bust my family up. I will sue you before I allow that. You got to take a stand sometimes, guys. You got to take a stand. So, Son of Thunder, thank you for blazing the way. Thank you for blazing the pathway for so many others to have the courage. If those of you others, by the way, if you're going to secretly record your disfellowshipping, do me a favor. When they send you out into the hallway, leave your recording device in the room so we can hear what those elders are saying back and forth. It may be very interesting, the conversations that are going on there. So guys, take a stand. 
watch video 9A, 9B, 9C. I'm working on a couple of more videos also for that series to try to help people out because my desire is this. I want Jehovah's Witnesses who want to be Christians to be able to become Christians. I don't want obstacles standing in the way. I don't want false stuff standing in the way. I want to try to present the truth to you guys to let you know what's going on. And the truth is found in one place in the English language. It's this King James Bible in here. And I tell people over and over again, you want the word of God? It's right here. When you leave the group, some say, what do I do? Where do I go? You get in this book. Get in this book. They filled your head full of a bunch of things that are not true in the watchtower. This book will clean it out. Everything in this book that goes against what they taught you, you let God's word be true. And let them be a liar. You've already seen them lie under oath in court. You just saw it. You just saw it. There's no denying it. You just saw it. Now, how can you trust them? How can you trust them anymore? One thing you can trust, this holy word of God in our language over 400 years. Why? Because God's word doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. Over 400 years in our language, God's word doesn't change. And he's not going to change his mind about what he said. You want to know what he said? It's right here. You can believe it. You can trust it. A lot of people lost their lives to get you this book. I recommend you read it and study it. And everywhere in here where it goes against what they taught you, let God's word be true. What about the, the kingdom that you're looking for? You want that kingdom? Where's that kingdom found? It's found in one place, and it's not the Watchtower. It's not the Mormon Church. It's not the Catholic Church. It's not Buddhism or Hinduism or, or any of these other isms. It's found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. The Scriptures tell you to believe on Jesus Christ. Read through the book of John, the King James Bible, and read how many times Jesus tells you to believe on him, believe on him, believe on him. You want eternal life in the new kingdom, the new world that God has preparing for us through Jesus Christ? Let's go to the scripture real quick. One of my favorite verses of the Bible, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. This is what it says. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. The watchtower wants you to believe on the name of the Father. But God's word says, believe on the name of his son for eternal life. Now, who are you going to believe? The watchtower or the word of God? He said, you believe on his son, Jesus Christ, and you will have eternal life. You pray and you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, and he will forgive you and make you brand new from the inside out. Watch the rest of the series and learn what you need to learn and let the Lord take care of the rest, okay? It's not hard. He did all the hard work for us, man. He did all the hard work for us. So again, thank you for watching the video. Son of Thunder, huge shout out to you. Great job. I hope a lot of people will check out Son of Thunder's website and, uh, and really get behind that young man and help build him up. And, and various others that are part of the same ministry. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next part of the video that I'm working on, video 9D, that should be coming up very soon. So uh, until next we meet, guys, again, get yourself a King James Bible.
and read it and everywhere in here where it goes against what they taught you you let God's word be true and every man be a liar let God be true and every man be a liar <laughs>